we make really quick assumptions about is this person rich or poor? Are they nice or are they are they a nervous person, which somebody might be in an interview but not be anywhere else? So my guest for today's episode is uh, Marie again. And Marie was actually also my guest on our very first episode about confirmation bias. But today we are going to discuss stereotyping bias together. I think stereotyping is something that everyone is familiar with, but it's still a very complex bias because it's it's so deep-rooted in our brain. So today we are going to discuss what stereotyping bias is, how we create stereotypes in our brains, and also how it impacts various stages of the hiring process. So I hope you will enjoy this episode today. Welcome back, Marie. You were the very first guest of the podcast and now you're here again. Yeah, super happy to be back. <laughs> Great to have you back. Hey, I already said to you before we started, like, I think a lot of people will know you already because we see a lot of listeners come back every episode. But for the ones who don't know you yet, could you um, uh, give a quick introduction of yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Marie. I am from Finland. And I'm an organizational psychologist and I, in my work, I do a lot of things with different things that have to do with uh, workplaces and people in workplaces. So everything from leadership and teams to recruiting and assessments for recruiting and different kinds of consultations when things go wrong and uh, trainings and like just a very kind of broad scope, a generalist, if if you want, you know, in, in organizational psychology. So that's a very brief introduction to, to what I do. Cool. Hey, and we already spoke about confirmation bias, of course, the last time. Today we are going to um, talk about stereotyping bias. Mm-hmm. What is the thing that triggers you most about stereo? What, what, what makes it an interesting bias for you? Uh, maybe the fact that it's so prevalent, it's something that we do so automatically, just like confirmation bias. I think they're they're very much connected often, but uh, we stereotype all the time. And that's just something that is really innate. We, we do it as humans because our brains are wired that way. And that's why it's so important to think about and be aware of it. Uh, especially in settings like the workplace or hiring or, or things like that, that would really kind of, uh, or it affects people's lives in, in, in a big way if it's not if people are not aware of how it's affecting our thinking and, and the way we make decisions. Yeah. And you said something very interesting at the start, but I will get back to that after okay. uh, um, after the next question. Uh, because would you uh, can you maybe first before we, we, we dive into stereotyping bias, give a, a brief explanation of this specific bias? Okay, so I think first we need to start with what is a stereotype, uh, because that's just our brains making assumptions about a category of things or people or whatever we see in our environment, and it's something that we actually need to do, because it would be there would be too much information to take in if we took in every single instance of every single thing that we see. So, for example, we if we see a dog, we look okay. There's a dog, and then we assume things about that animal because we kind of know what dogs are like if we stopped and thought about every single instance of a dog that would take a lot of time and a lot of processing power so this is very useful for us as well makes makes it much quicker to understand the world and kind of take in a lot of information so that's that's kind of stereotyping uh and why it's useful and stereotypes obviously mean that's like it we assume things about 
a single instance of a thing based on what we've learned about that category of things or what we think we know about that category of things. Um, and what makes it, uh, if we think about stereotyping bias then, so there's a lot of stereotypes we're aware of. For example, we might have certain stereotypes about a political party. Like we severely dislike everything they do and they, that's a conscious stereotype that we have. But then when it becomes a bias, when we, we're not aware of that we have this kind of thinking pattern, then that's when it becomes harmful because then we don't necessarily notice when we're acting on it or, or being prejudiced against something that, that we should be perceiving as an individual instance of, of something instead of uh, just a, a category of things. Hey, and uh, you said it again. Uh, so mm -hmm. that brings me to my next question. Yeah. Um, do you think that in general stereotyping is stereotyping bias specifically then? Is it happening more consciously or unconsciously? I think it could be both. Um, like I said, there can be very conscious stereotypes. Like we really dislike some category of of politics, for example, then that's a very conscious stereotyping. And then we can we can be aware of that. But then there's a lot of um, unconscious ones as well, uh, where we might think that Asians are good at math or men can't multitask or women are something, something. And those are not necessarily things that we've ever thought about thinking, like that we we would think. Like, okay, so this is what I think about this. But it just comes very quickly when we see, let's say, in a in a candidate pool that we have, like, oh, okay, so that that person is in that category, then probably this applies to that person as well. Yeah. Hey, and and in a hiring setting specifically, mm -hmm. do you think it happens more more consciously or unconsciously? Um, I think there's both there too. Um, people might be aware of of some of their uh, stereotypes, but that doesn't mean that they're aware of the bias that it causes. They might actually think that some of the categorizations that they make are true. And, and then they choose to kind of believe that and then find the confirmation for those, those assumptions as well. So I think yeah. both happen there as well. Yeah, and it happens both ways, of course, because I think you mentioned the one about multitasking. I think it's a very obvious one. Everyone I think I literally heard anyone say that somewhere in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I think what you what you what you see is that it goes both ways. So a, a female might say to male, "Oh, but yeah, probably you're not good at multitasking mm -hmm. because you're a guy." Yeah. But the other way around, we also some sort of use it as an excuse or to justify something like, "Oh yeah, but I'm a guy, so obviously I can't multitask." Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny to see with some stereotypes. I think some are, as you mentioned, more obvious than other ones. Yeah. Um, is that we not only use it to categorize others, but we also use it to maybe justify ourselves. So we, it's some sort of a circle there. Yeah, and this definitely happens. We So we learn these things from very early on. It's in our language. Like some languages have, for example, male and female versions of jobs, and they're typically more something than the other. Um, if you've ever Googled uh, secretary and done the image search, Like some yeah. of those pictures, they really should be on OnlyFans and not there. So it's <laughs> it's it's um, it happens because we see so much of the same kind of imagery and the same kind of language as well. If you Google developer, you'll get very different things because that's yeah. just how we're used to kind of perceiving what some some profession is, um, and that 
we can't really help that. It comes uh, from everything around us as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If we if we um, apply stereotyping bias to the hiring process specifically, uh, mm-hmm. we look at the entire funnel from applying, screening, interviews, and and making the 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 offer. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's equally impacting all the different stages of the hiring funnel, or is there a specific stage where you say, "Hey, I think that the impact will be bigger there"? Um, I think it impacts everything to some degree. Some degree, even from um, writing the job description. If yeah. we, in our mind, have this image of our developer being male, or we have this image of the secretary being female, then we might unconsciously or subconsciously use certain words and some terms that will attract more of that kind and it could be anything it could be different different things that could happen or we want somebody from uh who worked at one of the big four consultancies and then we'll put that in the categories that that we want or the requirements for the job so then we're already stereotyping like the ideal candidate is one of those yeah. people yeah uh, but then Also, when we look at CVs, there's a lot of things about CVs that really trigger these things. And this is why people have also learned to put certain things on there. Ex-Google, who went to McKinsey, who's, you know, how you should kind of fade away the fact that you've had four jobs in two years, or if you don't have a degree, or if you were unemployed for a while, this is how you should kind of hide it. Because we know how people are triggered by certain things because they assume that somebody was employed for two years, they're probably somehow not fit to work. And this might be completely incorrect, but it it does happen everywhere in the process. And then obviously there's the interview. Um, That's one one of the biggest risks as well, because we often tend to favor those who are like us in some way, whatever category that might be that we're perceiving. But we make really quick assumptions about, is this person rich or poor? Are they nice? Or are they are they a nervous person, which somebody might be in an interview, but not be anywhere else? If they have tattoos, piercings, they come to an interview with a band shirt on. Oh, it's one of those people. Hmm. You know, because <laughs> it could be anything. So all of those stages really have a lot of sources for this. And if we're not aware, then they can really be triggered at any time. Yeah. It's funny. I um, I got my first tattoo a couple of years ago, and up until that point, I always said to my co-founder, "You can never get a tattoo because if we then uh, see a customer, maybe it's super unrepresentative if we are actually having tattoos and they see that." And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see that one. I think the one you mentioned about the the job description is also a super interesting one because what mm-hmm. I what I oftentimes see at our customers, we have something in our product that we call a team analysis. So we use our uh, assessments to basically create a picture of of what what does the team look like uh, at this moment, and it's it's funny to see that we. Um, I think the, the very obvious example is that when companies use it for sales teams, they always say, "I need a super flexible person because it's, it changes all the time here, and you need to be flexible in order to be good at the sales job." Uh, and so it's also in their job description. Uh, so people who re- read that and maybe think, "Hey, I'm not that flexible," will probably rule themselves out already before they start applying. Mm-hmm. And then when we actually analyze the top performers in their team, it turns out that the, the best performers in the sales team are not flexible at all. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, it's interesting to see that. I think stereotyping bias in the job analysis phase already results in a lot of people 
won't even apply to your job opening, I think, in the first place as a real mm-hmm. result of that. Yeah, yeah. And if it says something like you need to be super flexible, then maybe somebody who has three kids at home are like, is like, okay, so they're looking for a completely different stereotype of a salesperson than I am. And yeah. I might have had great results, but I ruled myself out because of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, if we uh, look at the CV specifically, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that for me already, not the biggest fan of uh, <laughs> of the resume. Yeah. What do you think is the link between first impressions uh, we have of people and stereotyping bias? Um, well, first impressions, obviously, is we judge people by the surface characteristics of, of someone. And this could be either an in-person meeting or it could be our first impression is something we see on paper. Um, mm-hmm. and this is basically the basis of the stereotyping. We, Our brains put together a story of this person belongs to these groups or I understand that this person is this and that and the other thing. Uh, and if, if this is on paper, then we might go through and like I just said, like some of the things that we might assume based on what's written there. But if it's in person, then uh, we might look at how they're dressed. Uh, we might look at or hear their voice how they walked into the room are they tall are they small are they you know what do they look like and and then our brain just goes into the stereotyping mode because that's what it does and and then if we then don't stop ourselves then it becomes the bias we stereotype but if we're aware of it it doesn't necessarily need to become this this bias decision that that we make we can't help ourselves we will stereotype but whether or not the first first impression leads to the harmful kind of stereotyping bias, then it doesn't have to, but, yeah. but it, it can. Yeah. You already mentioned a couple of examples uh, earlier, but mm-hmm. what kind of information from someone's resume or maybe someone linked, someone's LinkedIn profile do you think is most sensitive to triggering the stereotyping bias? Um, schools. Uh, work experience, especially if it has some kind of characteristics that you either are or are not looking for, um, national origin, gender. Um, if there's a picture, then that will also trigger things. And I'm not saying there shouldn't be a picture, but it's definitely a source of something. Uh, whether it's for good or bad, you might actually end up in a good stereotype as well for that mm-hmm. job. And you might get it just because you got stereotyped in, in the right way, so to say, for you. But uh, so things, these these could also work in your favor. Um, but yeah, definitely those things, your name, um, a lot of different things. Basically the entire resume. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's that's true. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's interesting because we, uh, well, here we obviously don't use a resume, but still, if I have an interview with someone, then... Um, well, I do have their assessment scores, but you it's just a natural thing that you eventually go to their LinkedIn to at least know, okay, who's gonna be in front of me? And it's mm-hmm. it's always interesting to see. Hey, I, I literally I pick some words that I see from a profile, I link it together, and immediately there's a picture in my, my head. Mm-hmm. We what we what we oftentimes do here with hiring managers is that before the interview starts, we speak about our our stereotyping bias. So who do yeah. who do we think someone is? What do we think someone um, how do we think someone will enter the room, for example, mm-hmm. based on the things that we cannot measure in the assessments? And oftentimes, it's uh, yeah, it's completely the wrong picture that you create of someone yeah. on forehand. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a really good thing to do because one of the most important things is to be aware of this happening and that all of you, if there's several people who, who are going to interview you, you're all going to have your own assumptions about this and they might also be wildly different from each other. Um, so that's it's always good to do that check. And you can still have hypotheses. You can you can still make a working hypothesis on okay, so based on everything we know about this person now, uh, it looks like this and and maybe it will get confirmed or it won't, but you need to still honestly have an open mind to yeah. changing it. That's that's the important part. Hey, so I think you uh, mentioned something relevant already there, but how would you how would you advise your clients on well overcoming stereotyping biases? Maybe one bridge too far because it's 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 of course so, so deep rooted in what we do. But mm-hmm. what can you at least do to limit the interference of stereotyping bias in the hiring process? Well, I think what, one thing that you said that you do is is really good, like listing everything that I already assumed about this person and, and becoming more and more aware of how easily it happens and discussing it with other people as well, because then you might see something that triggered them that you didn't even notice, but you might have actually, it might have triggered that for you as well. You just didn't realize it. So kind of making yourself more aware of this is, is the most important thing. Um, and then of course, using some kind of objective tools as well. And then really looking at those results, like for example, your games or, or another, um, psychometric tool, and then really looking at those, because what often happens as well is that, and this is where we come to the last topic that we talked about the confirmation bias, (laughs) where if we already have a strong feeling or opinion about something, we tend to look for information that that solidifies that opinion instead of looking for things that might actually tell us something different. So that's where you need to be really careful as well. Like every new piece of information, and especially if it's the objective kind that they scored like this, for example, on a test that is not biased, then uh, we need to really take that into account and maybe be willing to change our minds about what we thought about the person in, in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting. Confirmation bias is basically the the well, of course, a result of more biases, but it, it, it's it's basically a follow up of your stereotyping bias. Yeah, yeah, basically, and it makes it even stronger. Like, okay, so here's what I think based on very flimsy information that I have about this this person or or candidate, and and then I start confirming it, and then it becomes less flimsy, but it still might be wrong. So. <laughs> Yeah. So that's um, that's kind of problematic. Hey, so basically, what you're saying is, if you um, if you want to limit the interference of stereotyping bias, try to um, vocalize the, the 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 stereotypes that you mm-hmm. have up front. Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing. And then, of course, uh, limiting the the sources of it. So maybe not focusing so much on the CV or not focusing so much on going and finding this information that might trigger these things. Uh, That's also a conscious thing that you can do. For example, when I do assessments, I, these days I usually take a brief look at, okay, like generally like what kind of thing have this, has this person done before or where have they worked? But I, I try to ignore it actually to, to a great degree. And I didn't used to do this, but I I've noticed that, that, my assessments have become better from like not assuming things based on the the CV. 
Yeah, because you do assessments also in, in real life, right? Yeah. Interviewing people. Yeah. So yeah. I can imagine that then stereotyping, stereotyping bias even harder because you should not let your questions sort of be driven by the bias that you might have up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've done also is when I have the psychometric tools, I have uh, fairly similar questions almost every time. Of course, there's some variance based on the person. And if there's an interesting topic, then we can talk about that. But but I, I try to ask the same things. And then then the answers differ and not not my questions, because then it's it's less guided by um, like stereotypes and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I also try to coach the the recruiting managers and like not looking at you know what they might assume of a person, but looking at the the results instead and what that could mean for for performing in the job, for example. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I um, that I always try to say to my hiring managers as well is if you I think it's uh, it's it it's it only makes sense to make assumptions about people based on the information that you're getting. I mean, we do that mm-hmm. with everything in our lives, but yeah. always try to be aware of. I always say to people, "Do you know this? Is, is it something that you uh, is it something that you proved?" So, for example, I think the ex Google, ex McKinsey kind of thing. I uh, already uh, wrote a very angry message on LinkedIn about that a couple <laughs> of months I, ago. I think I, I think I read that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bullcrap that 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 people really assume oh someone worked at McKinsey then you must be a superstar I mean you don't know how someone actually performed in that company no and so they, I think they, that's, they should have been fired from there for all we know just exactly <laughs> you will never know um so I think that's always something that we try to do or like okay if we make an assumption if we uh if we look at a specific data point and we take it as some sort of a proxy for something else. Mm-hmm. Can we then prove that that something else is actually true or is it just an assumption, nothing more than that? And I think as long as you're aware of what are the things that I'm assuming versus the things that I know about someone, mm-hmm. I, I think that's usually the the, the gap uh, where stereotyping bias comes in. Yeah, and and there are certain things that we make assumptions about that more often than not, they might be correct. And there are things that we need to take into account, uh, like certain assumptions that come from, for example, um, typical uh, national cultures or working cultures in certain countries. But we shouldn't let that decide our our decisions. It might be something that we should ask the person about, but then we also need to be willing to let that assumption go if they say, yes, I'm, I realize that in my country, usually things happen like this, but this is how I prefer to work. Then we need to let go of that stereotype if there's other information contrary to, to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, I want to end the episode with one question that is, uh, it, it, it may be slightly further away from the topic, but it, okay. since you mentioned it also at the start, I am curious about your opinion uh, because we, we we spoke about what are the things on a resume that trigger stereotyping? Well, basically everything, but you also mentioned the the, the someone's demographics uh, mm-hmm. being one of those factors. Anonymizing CVs is a topic that a lot of people are talking about. Well, a lot of people are talking about it for years already, but I think we also see a shift in companies' opinions towards is it really an effective method to overcome biases, yes or no. What is your view on um, anonymizing CVs as a way to minimize, for example, stereotyping bias in this context? Um. 
so there's a case to be made for the the name not being there. There's there's been a lot of experiments in I'm sure in the Netherlands. I know there have been some in Finland where if you change the name to something that's typical for that country, you get more calls to an interview than if you have a foreign sounding name or or some minority sounding name. Um, but that doesn't take away the rest of the CV. And yeah. so it's it's a partial fix. And if you can get through the first hurdle, then it might be a small plus, but it doesn't really take away the rest of it. And then if you and and this has also happened as the result of these these experiments where these people then who would have been uh, excluded because of their name, they go to the interview and immediately hear back that, oh, it's been filled. And then it doesn't really take away the problem itself. So I think it's more important to work on these assumptions and, and the stereotypes and the biases and, and how those are prevalent in our societies instead of just focusing on the technical aspect of it. Because yeah. people will still look for cues in the CVs of like, okay, so what kind of assumptions can I make about this person based on what they what they've done in the past and you can't you can't change an entire cv and then still have it be that person's cv so that's it could be a the name fi- doesn't fix the whole thing i think yeah it's more a short-term painkiller rather than maybe a long-term solution to the problem yeah 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 i uh I think I uh, I agree. I find it a very hard topic because obviously I think I'm in a privileged situation where my name, for example, would not necessarily lead to people rejecting me. So I always I also feel a little bit like should I be the one having an opinion about this? Mm. Uh, but I do get what you're saying. Like it is some sort of postponing the problem one step further in the funnel. And I also think, by the way, but that's a very personal opinion again. Uh, that it's actually very bad that candidates have to anonymize themselves for a recruiter not to get biased mm-hmm. so basically hide your identity for us yeah. not to get biased instead of we would like to know your identity because we appreciate you as a person and we will work on making sure that your identity won't lead to any uh yeah. biases there exactly that's that's basically what i meant also with the, like working on those um, attitudes and and kind of supporting different types of candidates th- throughout the process. And if there is still bias in the organization, then you recognize there is. Then educating and and making sure that everybody's at least aware of what the bases are for yeah. for making those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, any last practical tips for everyone who's listening and thinks, "Hey, I want to start doing something about stereotyping bias today." Hmm. It's always well, maybe, a tricky question. Yeah, always a tricky question. <laughs> I think try listing your stereotype like during a day or a week, if especially if you're in some kind of position where you deal with hiring or even if you're not actually, like just make a mental note like, oh, okay, assume that again and, and maybe check your first impressions as well and what could be kind of behind those first impressions because we're all so much more than what we give out at at first glance so maybe maybe those two things so check your own own stereotypes and and make mental notes of them because then you can become more more aware but then also always assume that there's more to a person than you just assumed because that's always going to be true anyway yeah it's uh, something that we did with our marketing team uh well it's been a while i think it started this year is we sat down with everyone and 
uh, we ask everyone to give an opinion about the people that have interviewed them. So, for example, I interviewed our head of marketing and our digital marketer, etc. What was actually your opinion about me during the interview versus what's your opinion about me now? Mm. Uh, it, it was funny to see that indeed the like the 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 view on people can can change drastically once you get yeah. to know them. And that also has to do with the role. Interviews are nervous situations and a lot of people get judged as, oh, this is a nervous person and probably wouldn't make it in a, you know, XYZ situation where we need to put them in that role. But it's a weird position to be in when you're being judged by maybe a panel of people and it's like that that might not tell you anything about how they actually perform when they're in their professional role and doing something different. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. But I really enjoyed having this episode with you again. So um, I'd yeah, love to again. have you back anytime soon because there are so many biases that we still need to uh, uh, need to unpack and, and, and talk about. But thanks so much for this one today. Hope to see you back soon. And for everyone who's listening to the episodes, do check out the first one if you didn't do yet. Uh, so that is about confirmation bias together with Marie. And if you have any questions for uh, Marie or for me, but I think it's more for you, Marie, than it is for me, then uh, obviously you can always find us on LinkedIn. So please feel free to uh, reach out. And I hope to see you back in my next episode. And thanks again, Marie. Thank you.